Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again in another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we have returned to Horror on the Orient Express. We are knee-deep in the streets of Paris. Maybe not technically knee-deep, but we're pretty close. Uh, and we have an exciting episode for you tonight. So we'll get through cast introductions, and then we will raise this curtain. So to my right... Hello, I'm Mike, and I'm playing James Robert Fraser, who's been having a bit of a fanboy moment. Yeah, yeah, you got an autograph and everything. It's pretty, pretty spectacular. Oh yeah, yeah, that'll be going on eBay. <laughs> wait, wait, eBay. Um, to his right. Hi, I'm Rena, and I play Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy, and I am very amused to learn that Mr. Fraser has a sense of humor. You know, as am I. As am I. Uh, at the end of the table. Hi, this is Giles, and I'm playing Simon Griffith. <laughs> to Mr. Griffith's right. Hi, I'm Miranda, and I'm playing Maggie Bellinger, and my French is not as good as I thought it was. Yes, it's come home to roost. Those skill points, <laughs> darn it. Uh, and last but most certainly not least. I'm Martin, and I'm playing Richard Courtney, and I've also got nothing to say at the minute. That's okay. I'm sure you'll have much more to say in the future. So we'll lift the curtain tonight on the Bristol Hotel, where our investigators have reconvened for a spot of lunch and perhaps to uh, discuss some of the things that have gone on so far in Paris. So we raise that curtain at another table and yet more food. Well, I'm glad we decided to uh, meet back up and uh, fill each other in on um, what we've done with our day. I believe me and Richard found a a good lead on where we may need to go next. Yes. That was rather a productive um, search in the library for once. <laughs> what did you find out? Well, it turns out that this uh, Comte Fenelic, he, he met a bit of a grisly end, and uh, I've got something I can show you later uh, about that. But um, yes, it does appear that um, his possessions were taken on behalf of the French treasury... Um, to a place in France called Poissy or Poisy or something like that. And there was specific mention of a part of a statue. Aha. That is good news indeed. It does rather sound like what we're looking for. Have you found out where this place is? Uh, no, not, not yet. Well, it seems to me that that should be at the top of our priority list. Assuming it's not too far away. Uh, your ladyship, uh, Poissy is just uh, not far from Paris, in fact. Why am I not surprised that you know this, Mr. Fraser? I have, I have been here before. You are a veritable font of information. Well, if it's not that far away, then perhaps we could take a trip out tomorrow. Perhaps. Uh, Mr. Fraser, if you'd like to update the group as to what we have learned today, and then we can make a decision on where to go from there. 
yes, yes, quite, uh, quite so. Um, indeed, uh, we spoke to um, Saul Cavallero this morning, and uh, she she told us a, a curious tale uh, regarding Monsieur La Verge and his dealings with uh, Mussolini's black shots. Uh, I don't know if you're aware, but uh, there are a somewhat uh, unpleasant fascist group uh, that uh, risen out of, uh, of this, uh, this this fellow who sees himself as some sort of a I don't know I don't know charismatic leader of a rabble rousing party. Uh, I hope to goodness nothing comes of it. But it seems that Monsieur Laverge owed these people a lot of money, and uh, when. When they came to collect, uh, said they're strong arm boys. It, well, it looks rather as though uh, Miss Nina got in the way and uh, and suffered the, the penalty for it. And uh, well, suffice to say that uh, the police aren't interested because there's uh, political powers at play and all that. Um, but I intend to go and speak once more to Monsieur Laverge, get some more honest answers out of him, and. Perhaps see if I can put my finger on exactly who is responsible for Miss Nina's drowning. It seems to me that finding this piece of the statue is perhaps the most important thing on our list. It is the purpose of this adventure after all. So if we could perhaps do that first, we could go out there, come back, and then we could uh, continue our inquiries into Miss Nina's demise... Or perhaps, Mr. Fraser, Mr. Griffith, would you prefer to continue that line of work while the professor, Miss Bellinger, and I go seek out the statue? If you don't mind, your ladyship, um, the way I see it, the statue's not going anywhere, but I think time is of the essence with regard to uh, to this particular matter with uh, with Miss Nina. I know that her sister uh, will not be long in the city, and I, for one, would uh, I'd like to see it dealt with. I'd like to see these people brought to justice as, as quickly as possible. And what do the rest of you think? Well, I would certainly be fine with taking a, a trip out tomorrow, perhaps, perhaps with um, you, Lady Elizabeth, and, and Richard, while um, Mr. Fraser and uh, Mr. Griffith stayed uh, behind to continue looking into their matters. Um, I do have, I did drop off the film from the ferry uh, to get developed, so uh, we'll have those pictures to look at tomorrow as well. Yes, I think they'll be interesting. Um, perhaps they might shed some light on what it was we actually did see on the ferry. How long will it take before the uh, photographs are ready? Uh, the gentleman said that we could pick them up tomorrow. Really? Wow. Well, that's <laughs> that's very speedy. Mr. Griffith, what are your thoughts on this matter? I'm thinking that Jim and I are going to have to uh, have some words with these gentlemen, and I don't think any of the ladies should be around for that. Well, I don't see anything that we couldn't handle, but we possibly have our own business to attend to. Very well. It's settled then. Uh, I will proceed with Professor and Miss Bellinger tomorrow to find the piece of the statue. And Mr. Fraser, you and Mr. Griffith are quite at liberty to continue your investigations. Let me know if there's any resources you need, and I will make sure they are available to you. Thank you very much, Your Ladyship. It's much appreciated. Mr. Fraser, you see a member of staff um, who's not who's hovering a bit. Yes, uh, 
Can I help you? The staff member approaches the three or four more steps closer to the table. Uh, yes, uh, there is a missive here for uh, Lady Elizabeth. He seems a little confused. Like, he's looking... I'll take that. Thank you very much. He hands it to you. Thank you, sir. Turns Thank you. around Thank you. and leaves. Uh, and I'll immediately hand it to Lady Elizabeth. A telegram, your ladyship. Who's this from? It's unclear. Hmm. It's not signed. Uh, and it's not a telegram, it's a note. Oh, it's just a note, is it? A note well, it's a note in an envelope, so... A note in an envelope, your ladyship. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll raise an eyebrow and then uh, open the, the envelope, take the note out. Okay. Uh, it's handwritten, so there's no stationary top to it. It says, I believe I have found something you might be interested in. Please attend me when you can. Fascinating. It seems uh, Remy may have found something. So I believe this afternoon I will return to the library. Uh, I uh, assume the rest of you can get on with uh, whatever it is you had in mind, unless Professor... Miss Bellinger, you wish to come with me? Depends on uh, what he's found, I guess, but we won't know until you go, I suppose. Well, he did say it would be of interest, and considering we were specifically looking, if you recall, for your comte, but also for summoning rituals, that sort of thing, that might have led to whatever it was attacked us on the ferry. And he says he has something of great interest, which means it's likely on one of those two subjects. So either way, it should prove useful. Uh, yes, and perhaps afterwards, um, we were thinking of, of going to the Louvre. Uh, you could join us if you'd like. Ah, uh, yes. Some culture. That would be marvelous. <laughs> Mr. Fraser, you won't mind uh, leaving me to my own devices for the afternoon? Oh, absolutely not, your ladyship. Um if you need anything, I, I'm sure the, the hotel staff here will be uh, available to oblige. Searching through the uh, the archives uh, is rather more your forte than mine, that's for sure. Yes, and I rather think that whatever investigation you and Mr. Griffith intend to get up to this afternoon is probably best done without me slowing you down. Well, there may be uh, there may be some uh, some hard words involved, your ladyship. It's perhaps best that. Uh, Insulate yourself from, from that. Ah, yes. Can't sully my delicate ears. Quite understand. She smiles. Well, it may get a little, um, shall we say, base and earthy. Ah. It sounds like there's a plan. So, Mr. Fraser and Simon head out to do a little investigating then into uh, perhaps the somewhat mysterious location so, just in terms of, of the the address we have, whereabouts is that in Paris again? And uh, are, are the, uh, the the two areas close by to each other, or are they in different different parts of the city? They are in different parts of the city. Uh, that I can tell you straight away. Uh, so, who are you going after first? I think it would make sense to speak to um, Monsieur La Verge first. Um, See if we can get some kind of a little bit of actual concrete information from him um, about who he owed money to and how much he owed and who they, you know who they sent after him and descriptions and that sort of thing. Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and let 
Jim here play the bad, uh, good cop. I'll be the bad cop. Well, they make them. They make them a, a point, Mister Griffith, where we both have to play the bad copy. I'm carrying enough stuff to take care of that. <laughs> the address is near Mark's dormitory, uh, so that is in the 19th area. I could not, for the life of me, pronounce what they're actually called. It's a very long name, the districts of Paris, but it is the 19th that you're looking for. The arrondissement. That word. So I just need to have a look and see if I can see where that is. It's actually going to be north of the city a little bit. Okay. Is it up near Montmartre, that kind of area? Um, let me see here. It is hmm. past. So if you go straight north east, it looks like, from where you're at. It's out near kind of the edge of the city. Uh, but this area especially seems to be um, a place that has a more of an artist feel to it. It's also relatively poor by comparison. It's on the oh, Avenue Jean Jaurès. Yeah, you get the, um, you almost get a, um, although there's no direct uh, sea or ocean attachment to it, the people here give you the Limehouse feel. All right, yeah. It's the Canal Saint-Martin. That's, yeah, it is. It's the canal. So it's the docks at the canal, just a little bit north of that. Yeah, that's where you're heading towards. Right, very well. So as we approach, I'm kind of keeping a careful eye up and down the street as well, because, you know, it's, it's entirely possible that there's unsavory types hanging about. Um, and if it is a Limehouse-type area, I know there will definitely be thieves and pickpockets operating I'm doing the same if you both want to give me spot hidden rolls that's fine Absolutely. my newly increased spot hidden roll as well that is a 25 over out of under sorry 25 under 74 it's a hard success and I got a 83 over 43. All right. You're keeping your eyes moving quite a bit, Simon. There's a lot to see here. There's a lot of people to try to keep track of. Uh, it's almost a bit maddening uh, just between the people coming and going, doing what you think is regular day-to-day business activities and, well, quite frankly, the sheer number of just young men who are standing around. Uh, whether it be on street corners or whether it be reading, um, you know, uh, some of the local uh, papers or uh, smoking cigarettes in, you know, small groups. Um, This is a a minefield of potential threats. And it's just a lot to keep track of. Uh, The same is pretty much true for you, Mr. Frazier, as well, except that uh, those boys to the left there, they're just, uh, they're on break from work. Uh, They're no problem. And, uh, and these young lads here, there's there's no issue there. They're just playing in the street. They're not out here trying to scout for pickpockets. Although, up the street there, you'll probably want to be on the left side of the street rather than the right, just because those boys up there, they're dressed in black. Okay, um, so I will sort of casually say to, to Simon, uh, have, you, uh, yeah, have you spotted the boys up at the top of the street there? I see the ones on the corner there that... You mean the ones in black? Aye, those ones. The ones that... Those ones that are just hanging about there, smoking a cigarette. 
Weren't they, weren't they talking about uh, some fellows in black beating up on Mr. Lavage? Aye, the black shots, the fascists. Aye, nasty boys. You keep moving. Uh huh. Okay. I'm, I'm keeping an, I'm keeping one eye on them just to see if they are, have clocked us and and if they are keeping an eye on us. Uh, it looks like a couple of them notice you moving, you and Simon moving through the streets, but nobody's taken a keen interest just yet. Uh, and you'll be moving, you'll be turning left here at this street anyway, okay. so you'll you'll be able to to get out of the direct line of sight here shortly. But it is something you do notice, and uh, it seems that the area here that they're standing around, or the corner that they're standing on, uh, the houses nearby are fairly depressed. And uh, they seem to have control of the front of one of those houses. Like maybe they use it as a, a flop house or a, a place to stage um, business out of. Mm. Okay. Um, I think um, bearing in mind the kind of, of uh, let's, let's call it a mission that we're going on, um, I will, um, before leaving the hotel, um, I will have ensured that I am armed. I don't want to be carrying a rifle around with me in the streets of Paris um, because that's just daft but um, I will have uh, a handgun um, secreted about my per- my person I'll have I'll have my Webley um, sure but it was it certainly won't be um, immediately apparent and obvious okay hopefully I won't need to, to take it out <laughs> I'm going to keep track of the address that they're all standing out in front of in this area. Yeah, it's pretty easy to uh, to get a beat on as far as the number goes. After your left turn, uh, you go about half block up, uh, and you go right down into one of the alleyways behind these um, some of these houses and shops, uh, and you come to the address of uh, your intended target, Mr. Levesque. What? a place is it i want to take a very very careful kind of look around i want to look for vantage points in the houses around i want to look for um easy access both um to the front and back of the building um just kind of really get the lay of the land um so the house itself uh is what appears to be a a set of flats Hmm. Uh, it's maybe three four stories tall uh, yeah, it looks like maybe they use, there's an attic there as well. It's smashed in uh, between uh, several apartments and flats that are, are very similar construction. Uh, and there are multiple porches on the back or um, stairways as well. Uh, and so they kind of go up in a, uh, a zigzag pattern left and right until they get to the top. With the businesses and the apartments nearby that are in very similar construction... Uh, it almost seems like a canopy of places where someone could sit and wait or uh, potentially cause uh, all sorts of issues. Uh, but luckily you're here during the day and so you can see every you can see all of the people here. There's probably five or six uh, either artists, men and women who are just uh, out on their uh, their balconies or on their uh, the back porch area just uh, relaxing in the cool. A Parisian day. How do you want to do this, Jim? You want to go in the front and I take the back? Vice versa, we go together? What? Well, he's not expecting us. 
let's just let's play it cool. Let's um, let's just go in together. Just popping in for a wee chat with our pally. He seems to be on the third floor. Can we get into the building? Do we need to ring for entry or anything? No, you can absolutely get right in. You just walk up the stairs and knock on his door, which also slightly concerns you. So yeah, we'll we'll go up there. Um, I want to check out the um, the other maybe if there's, if there's any any other doors on on the landing as well. Um, just kind of get an, get an eye of the place, see how many different um, doors there are, see if I can hear any noise coming from any of them, get an idea of what what sort of neighbours you might have. Um, hmm. Give me a list. Give me a listen roll. Um, I take it it looks pretty kind of. Basic here, yeah. It's not not exactly um, affluent. Uh, basic is a wonderful and reasonable term for this place. Shall I take a listen roll as well? Uh, if if you're actively trying to listen, oh, I'm trying to be aware. I don't know if you consider that actively. Yeah, no, it's it's fine. Go ahead, uh, Simon. And that will be a fail. Fifty-five over forty-five. And I got 42 um, under 56. Uh, there's one thing that's for certain, Mr. Fraser, and that is uh, his third floor neighbor has a couple of young children. Uh, you can hear them, well, one of them playing and the other one is, uh, seems maybe is a bit hungry. Oh, there's a family next door. <laughs> so we're going to have to make it calm, cool, and collected. He's already met you and... Mm-hmm. kind of is disposed towards you, correct, sir? Well, we've had a wee chat. Hi. We've uh, we had a conversation on on the train and it was it was an amicable one, so There's... play the part of the friend, checking uh, up on him. I think so. I think we'll certainly start that way. Eh? All right. And I'll knock on the door. Uh, there's almost a uh, hollowness to the wood here. After a few moments, you see the inside door, uh, the the curtain part just a bit on it, and uh, the door opens. Inside is Miss Lavarge. Ah, Uh, Mr. Fraser, yes. Good afternoon to you, Monsieur Lavarge. You can see that he's painted with worry. How, um, how did you find me? May I come in? Uh, I don't believe you've met my associate, uh, Mr. Griffith. I have not. Uh, he nods to you, Simon. Uh, please uh, come in. He oh, steps yes. back from the doorway. Yes. Make a way into the apartment. He does not live in the height of Parisian standards. The apartment here is simple, but it has also seen far better days. Uh, there's... Uh, Several different newspapers laying about. The ashtrays that are here are a little overfull. Uh, it seems that Mr. Laverge has been smoking himself probably into a early grave. There are several bottles of uh, various alcohols that have been lined up on the small kitchen table, which has just a couple of chairs. But you do pass a familiar, or somewhat familiar looking photo uh, of a young woman that's on the wall hanging up. It looks quite a bit like Madame Caballero, but uh, is maybe a bit, uh, just a bit younger. I'll kind of stand in the room and I'll look at that. Ah, that's a lovely photograph. Indeed. 
please, sir, sit, sit, please, sir. Would you like something to drink? Oh, no, no, thank you. Uh, thank you, anyway. Uh, well, Monsieur Laverche, I, 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 I do apologize for uh, calling on you unannounced like this, uh, but uh, I have to admit that uh, ever since our conversation on the train, your predicament has been, well, it's been weighing, weighing heavy on me. And I couldn't help but, I couldn't help but think that surely, surely to goodness, there must be something, there must be something that can be done. And uh, if the, uh, if the gendarme aren't interested or don't seem to be anyway, then, well, perhaps that, perhaps that falls upon a, a private citizen to, um, to make the relevant inquiries, uh, at least be able to put together the pieces have something to bring to them, something something substantial to bring to them that they may make an arrest which would hopefully lead to a swift conviction and justice would be served. Uh, would you not say so? Unfortunately for me, Paris has become a minefield. In what way? Well, I suppose your uh, inquiries has led you to um, Nina's family. I have spoke to her sister. Has she told you what happened? Well, let's hear your description of events. I don't wish to uh, to make any hasty decisions or come to any uh, hasty assumptions. Why don't you tell me? Why don't you tell me the circumstances? In your own way. He um, pulls a bottle from the table and goes into the what we would call a common room or a living room and sits down. Um, I always dreamed of being a playwright. I knew once I met Nina that uh, there was no other angel that I wanted to uh, fulfill my place but uh, but her. And so I, I wrote and I wrote my, my heart into every piece. Hmm? I would show them to her. I would act out with them. I, I, would, I would walk her through the, the parts, the, the, the lines. And I knew she was perfect for it. Perfect. But her father, and uh, in ways her mother too, would. They had no interest in uh, taking on a debtor like me. And because I had no way to pay for proper schooling, I. I grew up here. He kind of gestures about the room. I grew up in this area of the city, and. This is my home. And the people here I grew up with that I know, some of them are different. They believe different things, and maybe they offer me a job. And I take it. And they say that it's going to pay very well. And I do the job. I do what they ask. And it does not pay what they say. And then the gendarme come to my door, and they put me in prison. And he takes a drink out of the bottle. I was desperate to see her. You don't understand. I could not be apart from her. And so the gendarme, they ask me questions. They tell me if I would, if I would just tell the truth about who asked me to do the work, I could go free. And so I, I told them, but they did not let me out, not for 
many weeks. And uh, finally, I, I was able to, to leave. I come back, and my home is... It is as if a, a, a bull rampaged through. Everything was broken. Everything. And so I tell Nina, you and I, we will go. We will, we will go far away from here. We will go to Italy, to Venice, somewhere else. But she would not go with me. She would not leave. And then they found me. And they found her. And they told me that because I had turned on them, that it was going to cost me dearly. When I tell you this, Mr. Fraser, it has. Come, come, Monsieur Lafarge. We are both men of the world. Speak plainly. Don't beat around the bush. Can I make a psychology check? Sure. Go right ahead. I'm going to spend... I rolled a 25 over 20. I'll spend the five points of luck to go ahead and make that a success. Is he telling the truth? You do not believe he's being entirely truthful. Maybe some elements of the story are true, but you believe that Laverge is... is he is twisting whatever story it is to make himself mm-hmm. the victim. Come, come, sir. I, t- I tell you the truth, Mr. Fraser. I, I don't know what else to do. He takes another drink. Well, why don't you start by telling me why Nina is dead and you are still alive? They wanted to take her from me. They wanted to destroy me. No, no, no. No, no, no. We're talking about the same people here, yes? Mussolini's boys. Yeah, the fascists. So you're telling me, you're telling me that you did a job for them. They promised you great riches for doing the job. They didn't pay you. And so then the gendarme just happened to find you? He stares up at the ceiling and... You're not being entirely honest with me, Monsieur Laverge. And if we're to bring any justice for Miss Nina, you need to set aside your pride and tell me exactly what happened and why it happened and who caused this this young woman that whose picture hangs on your wall this young woman who you claim to love and, and nigh on worship the way you, you say it but you're still couching your story in, in, in these in these terms that paint you as, as what? the victim? You're not the victim, sir. Nina Cavallero's the victim. She's the one whose whose body lies in the morgue, not yours. So do you want justice for her, or you just want pity for yourself? Son, what he's saying is, I think you better come clean. He's he's quite upset. Mr. Fraser, uh, persuade or intimidate? Well, I think that might be an intimidate. <laughs> Very well. 69... That's a fail. That's a big old fail. If you'd like, you could push the roll. I might try and push the roll, yeah. How would you push it? What's his demeanour as I'm saying this? Is he looking like the words are getting through to him or, or not? No, not at all. He's taking a very traditional, almost um, almost adolescent view of being um, yelled at and being, uh, okay. or, or I should say, being spoken to. He's a bit turned away from you facially, um, like he's mm. either staring out the window or maybe up sometimes at the ceiling. Like he's, he doesn't want to have the conversation. Okay, so what I would do is um, I, I stand up, go over towards him, I snatch the bottle out of his hand or off the table and I just throw it across the room 
I grab him by the by the lapels of his shirt, and and I and I lift him up towards me, and I'm quite a big guy. I lift him up towards me, and I say, "You will look me in the eye, sir. No more dissembling. Tell me the truth now." And I'll give it another go. Let's see if that makes any difference. Okay. No, much, much worse. That's a 91 I rolled. <laughs> right, it's not a uh, critical failure, but it is a failed push roll, sir. It's a failed push roll, so it might as well be a critical failure. <laughs> Mike um, Simon is tying his shoe. <laughs> okay. So he can he can have his hands down near the toothpick. Um, you snatch the bottle and smash it against the wall. You hear a baby scream in the background. And... Mr. LaVerge reaches into his pocket and he produces a very small pistol. Simon, this man, this young man, uh, supposedly broken and horrified at the death of his beloved Nina, uh, is pulling a pistol and he appears to be preparing to plunge it into the guts of uh, Mr. Fraser. When he does get picked up, though, he is a bit off his feet. And the one thing that you notice under his uh, somewhat tan kind of working uh, shirt that he's wearing is he has a black undershirt on. So go ahead, uh, whatever you're going to do. I draw the toothpick and I'm going to use my throw skill and plant it through his hand holding the weapon. Oh, well. Throw is a skill. A success head and roll damage how much would that be i'd say d8 you want to roll that since i don't have a d8 by me at absolutely the i would love to i think i like more than rolling dice <laughs> well there are but scotch whiskey yes we know <laughs> One, two, three, uh so uh, do you have a damage bonus i do so go One ahead and D4. roll that do you have a d4 nope i do He's a Did wonderful you, dice that uh, you, I was purchased on my birthday for me. You bought dice, or you bought a knife to a dice fight. <laughs> you did. You did. <laughs> so you pick up the toothpick right out of your boot, feeling the air shift uh, when uh, Mr. Fraser picked him up. And you see the gun, and you, in a snap instant, fire. Uh, and you throw. And your throw goes fairly close to on the money where you wanted except that it goes a bit higher than his hand it goes into his wrist since the gun had cleared his pants when the knife goes in to his wrist it staples into his stomach he takes 11 points of damage and doubles over I am going to because he's not a pulp character I'm going to make a roll It's a fail. All right. So we're not in rounds anymore. Okay. <laughs> because there are no more combatants that, would, that are aggressors. Mr. Lovers begins bleeding. You see the, the muscles on his hands start to compress. Okay, I will shoot a glance at, um, of, of kind of shocked, almost disbelief at um, Simon. Um, and I am going to uh, attempt to staunch the bleeding. I'll, I'll try Get the pistol it. out of his hand first so he doesn't reflexively squeeze it. The gun goes off. God damn it! 
I just I just look at you and then I look back. I don't say a word and I'm going to attempt first aid on him. Okay, you go right ahead. Hand me my knife, sir. I am staunching the bleeding of this man that you have mortally wounded. No, I fail. Um, so, Mister Fraser, you're you're trying very hard. <sighs> Damn it! I, I'll I'll try first aid as well. Uh, that's a thirty-three under forty. Key to this staunching of the bleeding is, well, quite frankly, pulling the enormous knife out. And then a tourniquet around his uh, lower arm. Um, the stomach, we can go ahead and do a compress on, and we'll have to see if we pierced any uh, vitals. So I'm going to leave you two there for a minute. Back to the library. Lady Elizabeth and Professor, and of course our favorite Mags, are all heading back to the library. The first library, where no one is throwing knives at all, at least not yet. <laughs> There's still time for that to change. Right, that's true. <laughs> You enter back into the library, the National Library of Paris, and you are soon beset upon by uh, information itself in the form of one research assistant, Remy. Ah, milady, he bows, like way too deeply. Uh, That's not really necessary, Remy, thank you. Uh, I got your your note. Oh, yes. Yes, Uh, come, come, let me show you what I found. He um, clears his throat a bit. So, we spent the better part of the night here uh, looking over some of the things that we had uh, discussed. Oh, uh, Professor. He smiles at you, Richard. It's wonderful to see you. Ah, oh, and you. So, uh, perhaps uh, we could discuss uh, this uh, situation privately moves down through the rows of books to a table that's kind of in the back of one section of the library here. You have to understand that the people of Paris, they find this uh, most salacious. Ah, more of that, is it? Mm, uh, not exactly. And so, I found a reference here to um, to something uh, you, you, you might be interested in. It was a, a Latin manuscript. Uh, it's written by um, a monk. It seems here in uh, about 1260. Uh, and it was bound as a book in Venice and a little after the 1500s. It's uh, something called the Devil's uh, Simulio? I've never heard of it before. Sounds fascinating. It, the book itself is considered uh, apocrypha, uh, a work of some mad cleric. It's only known in certain occult circles. He turns the book towards you. But it seems that there is a copy of it in the Church of San Maria Celeste in Venice. Venice? Hmm. Indeed, Venice. I do believe we're heading to Venice at some point. That is on the agenda, yes. Interesting. And um, did you have any questions? I was wondering if you uh, learned anything else from this particular tome. Ah, Well, not from that one, but... I do remember something the professor asked me about, yes? Your, um, Comte. Hmm? Ah, yes, uh, Fenelik. Yes, Fenelik. He says in, like, really hard English. I found a... a bit of a... a bit of his history. Would you be interested? Absolutely. Well, he, uh, tosses over to you, Martin. 
uh, a piece of paper. Ah, why, thank you. It appears this uh, journal was written, and it mentions the Comte in it. Hmm, yes. Lady Elizabeth, um, the professor's <laughs> eyes are beginning to get wider and wider as he reads this. Care to share with the class, professor? Hmm, yes, very interesting. Um, yes, yes, one moment. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> That's a perfect fit of the care to share with the class, professor. That's well done. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but by all means, take a look. Maggie's just going to peep over Lady Elizabeth's shoulder. <laughs> so, um, yes, it's the uh, the Journal of Lucien Rigaud, um, June 1789. Two nights later, the soldiers of the king went in force to the Comte's villa to halt his excesses. After they burned his mansion, they brought the Comte before the king's deputy, who then ordered me present to deliver an opinion. Comte Fenelic was screaming and writhing. It was easy to see that he was mad. As a nobleman and a madman, he could not be executed, so I suggested that a merciful king might place Fenelic in a Charenton, the king's deputy apparently decided upon this course and arranged that Fenelik be taken. Later, the king expressed his approval, and the disposition was made permanent. The last I learned of him was that he had been locked away in a cellar because he had attacked other patients. Remy turns to you, uh, Professor, and says, Charenton is uh, a place for the um, those of us that might need... Uh, some assistance in the uh, with dealing with distress and uh, mental difficulties of life, you understand? Yes? I believe you call them asylums? A sanatorium, perhaps. Ooh, what an icky word. A shivers. Yes, quite. Never really appealed to me either. Is it uh, here in, in Paris? Yeah, we. Oui. Fascinating. Wonder if they bricked him up behind a wall. It certainly is an interesting character. That's and the other thing that we find. So, do we fancy a, a trip to a sanatorium this afternoon? Um, Can't be all that dangerous. It doesn't sound like a fantastic day, but um, I think it would certainly prove interesting from a uh, an exploratory point of view. Well, before we go to our other business, tomorrow I think we should perhaps gather as much information as we possibly can. Yes, I think that would be wise. What do you think, Miss Bellinger? Well, I was quite um, looking forward to the museum, but I, I do agree that we should pursue this uh, course uh, more promptly. Who needs a museum when you have a sanatorium? Richard gives Maggie a bit of a strange look. <laughs> What's this all about? <laughs> the point is, the museum will be there later but the information might come in handy tomorrow. Ah, uh, yes, you're probably right. We should still collect the photos, of course. Oh, yes, of yes. course. Tomorrow. Uh, so I'll turn to Remy and uh, discreetly pass him some uh, some francs. Oh, well, thank you. You have been most helpful. If you're planning on going there, perhaps uh, you might like to know a bit about it, just in case? Any information you have for us would be most appreciated. Well, I, I can tell you that there have been some... Well, they've gone through some changes recently. 
he turns and passes you a newspaper article. It seems that the, uh, the director there uh, recently passed. I only mention it because I saw the word in the, uh, the journal there for the professor, and I thought, what's been happening? Oh, that is quite tragic. Hmm. Hmm. It seems fate was not so kind to him, but perhaps it is good to you. Yes, hopefully it will be. Thank you for the information, Remy, and uh, for all the help you've been over the last couple days. Of course, and thank you for the francs. He, he straightens himself up. More than worth it. And uh, mm. should you ever wish to spend some time in some of the better libraries in London, come see me and uh, I will have it arranged. I have some pull with uh, with some of the better libraries. It's interesting that you say that. I was reading a London paper this morning and um, I, I believe your name came up. Oh. Mm, yes. He walks over to a nearby table and you see a newspaper from London from a few days ago. I do apologize. Is this, is this not your family? You see the newspaper article that you'd seen before. Ah, uh, yes. Unfortunate that. I am sure that it happens all the time. I mean, not to you, but, you know. Oh, yes. There's always the little little secrets in the closets, you know, that keep popping up at inopportune times. But I have been assured it will be taken care of and it's nothing to be too concerned about. It is rather regrettable, but I suppose everyone has to deal with their family troubles. You know, that is an important lesson. We are all the same in that regard. Yes, quite. Although I'm certain you don't have a supposed uh, illegitimate half-brother coming around trying to take your place at the library. She just sort of smiles. I would have to ask my father. (laughs) I don't think so, no. But uh, do take care if you go to the asylum. It, uh, It is a difficult place. I have no doubt. But uh, thank you for the assistance, and I will be in touch uh, if I need any more research. Wonderful. I'll move the camera. So back at uh, Paris Flat, we find a man bleeding out and two other investigators desperate to stop that from happening. I can't stop the bleeding. Did the successful first aid help? It does. So you do stop the bleeding probably a few rounds after. Uh, but he he is fairly white at this point. He's, he's unconscious, yeah. Uh, no, he's not totally unconscious, but uh, he's seeming to zone in and out a bit. We need to get this man some proper medical attention. You, you, you didn't need to go quite so far. He could just knock the gun out of his hand would have been enough. I was trying to. Uh, I, I think I intended to staple him to the wall. Right, hold on, hold on. We need... I go to the go over to the window and, and look out and see if I can see in, anyone out the back. There are a couple people out on the, um, the in the back alley. There's a couple folks that are looking up at the door. I'm, I'm not going to um, let my face be seen clearly in the window. I just want to see, right? I, somebody's definitely heard us. And I'll go over and listen at the door as well. Did you see he's got a black shirt on, sir? Ah, the baby continues to cry in the background. I think we need to walk him downstairs and hail a cab. Oh, you're probably right. Come on then. You take that arm, I'll take this one. 
All right, and uh, I'll, I will pick up the pistol and mm-hmm. drop it in my other pocket, Mike. Okay. Is it just like a little twenty-two or something like that? Uh, it is a small caliber pistol, yes. It's a 20, I think it's technically a 23, but either way, it's a small caliber pistol, okay. but both of you give me spot hidden rolls before uh, when you pick him up. 32 under 43. Uh, yeah, that's 66 under 74. It does appear, and you both can kind of see it when you pick him up, that pistol shot went through the floorboard. Damn. You think that's gone right through? See there, the pistol. The, 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 the shot. But the, but the key thing is, is we have to get out of here. And it ain't our gun. And I'll dispose of this once we're out of here. Obviously, this man needs some help, and we need some answers. The people downstairs might need help as well. Right, let's get him, let's get him down. I, I, I'm just going to listen at the floor, and put my ear to the floor, and see if I can hear any, any noise from downstairs, if there's been, if there's any kind of reaction, like if there's maybe a a shot has actually glanced off gone through the ceiling of the downstairs apartment and, and actually hit anyone and if there's anybody making making a noise downstairs it's a little hard to hear over the baby crying through the wall next to you but um the the room downstairs below seems pretty quiet okay i can't hear anything downstairs right let's get him out of here damn you lavelle you stupid wee man you guys get get him, you know, standing on his feet again. He doesn't really have a whole lot of propulsion, um, but he is movable. Both of you have uh, had to pull and uh, and drag men that are larger size than him before. So you're taking him out the back. Well, the back is where all the people are, correct? Well, the back is the back alleyway. So to yeah. take him out the front would be to take him on the actual streets of Paris immediately. Just. Before we leave the the apartment, um, I, have we got time for a quick scout around before we go? Just to see if there's anything here can tell us who's responsible for Nina's death. How about you go ahead and look, and I'll go ahead and take him down the back way to the cab. You can catch up. Right, okay, I'll see you downstairs then. You all right to manage him on your own, eh? I, I got this. You just hurry up. I will do, hi. You've got You've got better eyes than me, sir. All right, Mr. Fraser, you're okay. uh, doing your best to look through the apartment. Yep. It's going to have to be somewhat hurried, but, um, but yeah. Indeed it will. So given it's a hurried roll, mm-hmm. I think I'll make it required a hard success. A hard success, okay. Zero six. Was that? Jeez. Finally, <laughs> a decent roll. You go to the bedroom. Where were you? Where were you when I was pushing a roll? Yes, wine, <laughs> dice. <laughs> no, I don't. I love you. You go to you. the bedroom, uh, and in the bedroom, you do your best to to toss the room relatively quickly, mm-hmm. although you're not destructive by any means. Uh, but when you um, you go to his uh, closet, you see that he has uh, quite a few stacks of what shall we say uh, inflammatory literature. That are there, uh, all in French, of course, but the point is fairly well made. He also has a rifle, and uh, below that, he has what appears to be uh, a box which is half open. And in that box, you can just see the faint edge of stacks of francs. <sighs> what the hell? Right, I'm not interested in keeping any of this. 
I'm just going to leave it where it is. Okay. Uh, it's fairly incriminating. Um, anyway, if the gendarme do come in, they'll see all this. Um, and I'll head downstairs sort of cautiously um, because uh, I'm aware that people might have come out of their apartments and be looking around to see what the um, what the noise is. And if necessary, I'm just going to kind of I'll put I'll put my, my shirt collar up so it you know it's kind of hiding my face a wee bit. A few moments before that, um, Simon, you have to walk him down the stairs, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask for a strength roll from that because that's quite the the feat. Uh, I'm going to fail that one. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to push the roll by catching myself and throwing him into a fireman's carry. That sounds like a wonderful idea. Why don't you uh, push that roll, sir? Oh God, Mike, you're you've infected my dice. Is that is that, <laughs> is that a failed push roll? Is it's it? a failed push roll. I rolled a ninety. Mm. Oh, it's wonderful. All right, so uh, you you don't you know anything yeah. about carrying people, Mister? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you put his arm uh, over you, one of his you know his other, his decent arm over your neck, and you're trying to kind of easily move him down the stairs. And really, it's not the first step that you um, accidentally trip over; it's the second one. You recover from the first one, but the second one pitches you both forward, and you tumble down the stairs so uh you get dealt four points of damage okay can i can i at least try to fall to cushion him no sir that is a failed push roll you may not uh you fall head over (laughs) ass over tea kettle as we would say in my neck of the woods and uh it's pretty bad and so i'm gonna give him a luck roll and we'll see what happens that's a zero six so he hasn't died. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he is splayed out on the back alley in France, much like you are. Uh, and unfortunately for you, Mr. Frazier, when you exit, uh, you know, Mr. Laverge's uh, apartment, his flat, um, you see the remnants of this and the, the cacophony uh, of sound that erupts from someone falling down three flights of stairs. Oh, no. <sighs> I will just kind of hurriedly go down the stairs glancing very briefly um, into the, uh, the corridor of the floor where I'm really 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 worried that I've shot somebody just like having a bath or something um, and, uh, and and I'll, I'll do my best to, to pick the pair of them up and uh, and get out the place I, I'm, I'm fine I just slipped we just gotta get him right, right well right. tricky beggar stairs there is a crowd forming, or at least a couple of people. Maybe not a crowd. We'll say four or five people have begun to, to crowd around. They're concerned for all of you, really. Yes. Are you, is everything okay? Are you I, all right? Uh, it's all right. It's all right. Our, our, our friends had a wee tumble. We, we just need to. We, we just just need to get. If, if, could, could you possibly hold the door for us? They uh, hold the door. Yeah, merci, merci, uh, merci. What's that? He's bleeding. Aye, aye, oh, aye, aye, he must have, aye, he must have cut himself when he fell there. Uh, I told you to be more careful. Come on, come on, come away on, we'll get you out of here. I slept. Where's the nearest doctor around here? One of the folks in the back alleyway says, uh, there's, there's one, but uh, two or three blocks away, this way. Uh, all right, we'll get, uh, get, uh, 
Can you uh, call us a cab and we'll get we'll get away on to the doctor? There's a gentleman there who uh, who says, uh, "Just wait, I'll, I'll get my car." Oh, uh, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. Come on, Simon, let's get the hell out of here. Ah, uh, no. Are you uh, are you planning on leaving this man in the alleyway and just going, or? I. <laughs> right. So here's what I would like. Uh, here's what I would like from the two of you. I would like. Because stealth is not an option at this point. No. What um, I'm trying to do is is just kind of pass it as off as as being just three klutzes um, who uh, are, one of them's had a wee tumble down the stairs has obviously hurt himself. They're trying to get him away and out of there and, and just you know just a little bit of smoke and mirrors, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then just kind of disappear around in another corner or something like that and. Uh, and then make our way in a more serious fashion. Yeah, I mean, the two of you uh, can exit. No one's going to physically stop you because they're more worried about this guy who's bleeding. Um, but if you kind of pick up and uh, and take leave, then that's uh, that's what you do. Um, so what I would like, though, if I can get it, <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I mean I'll get it one way or the other. Um, what I would like is a, a group luck roll. So, whichever of you has the lowest luck, I'd like you to roll luck. Good question. I don't know. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, my luck is 54, so... 66. Okay, that's me. Then I'm on 54. You are, sir. Come on. Come on. I, I, I was only joking when I told you off earlier on. 21. Ah, Thank wonderful. you. Wonderful. So, the two of you abscond into uh, the streets of Paris... Uh, desperate to remove yourself from a situation that was bad and has now suddenly gotten far, far worse. Um, while the, the first block or so of people seem to stare at you a bit strange, the further and further you get from the location, calmer you begin to feel, at least for the moment. And then the rushes of occasional panic start to set in. Uh, because for the both of you, France has never been the fondest of places. Right. So I'd, I'd like to kind of get to a point where we can just stop and catch our breath for a minute. And um, and hopefully um, La Verge is, is conscious um, so that we can actually talk to him for a minute before we take him to, take him to a, a doctor or a hospital. So you at least went in the direction that the gentleman recommended. Um, and... It seems, as you slow up and, and find a place to probably sit Laverge for a moment, uh, that he is conscious. Right, Laverge. You are dying. If we don't get you to a hospital, a blood loss alone will kill you. So you better tell me. Tell me the truth and tell me quick. And then we'll take you and get you some help. Uh, he coughs a bit and you can see that there's blood in his mouth. I they forced me to they forced me to do it no they didn't nobody forced you to do anything I saw what's in your apartment the money the gun they made me pick and I picked them you bloody fool aren't you who who told you to do it Marco Gasparini fascist leader of Paris where can we find him? <laughs> find him? Why, 
For what? Who killed Nina? I did. You bastard. We should just leave you here to die. Choking on your own blood. I have no problem with it. No. No, 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 no. No. You'd like that, wouldn't you? Be a martyr to the cause. We'll take you to the doctor, and we'll take you to the gendarme, and you can tell them the truth. And then you hang for what you've done. He coughs some more, and begins shaking his head no. He does not appear he's interested in going to the doctor. I don't think you have a say in this, son. Justice will be done. Monsieur La Verge. Okay. So are you two going to escort him to a doctor? Yeah. I think so. Okay. I think we'll take him to the nearest doctor. and uh... It's not too terrible, terribly hard to find. After a quick word with a, a local as the two of you are, are helping your quote-unquote friend through the streets of Paris, uh, they direct you to where the doctor is. So, well, I, I guess this is like a, a, a private residence. It is a private residence. Hmm. Um, so I'm, yeah, we'll, we'll get him, get him there. I'm gonna, uh, gonna ring the doorbell or, or knock on the door um, and see who comes to, um, comes to the door. An, an elderly gentleman comes to the door. Oh. Probably a. Uh, swept back hair probably balding on the top he has glasses uh, uh, oui, bonjour monsieur parlez-vous anglais he looks around like he looks past you a bit and sees that there's somebody hurt uh, he directs you inside uh, come come merci, merci monsieur um, uh, we need uh, the gendarme as well um, he, he looks around do you have a telephone sir he points to the wall. I'll go take care of this. You go ahead and take care of our, our friend here. Monsieur, uh, this this man, this man's name uh, is La Verge, La Verge, and he has confessed to us that he uh, is the man responsible for the death of Nina Cavallero. I don't know if you know of her. Oh. Uh, man, he looks shocked. Uh, yeah, uh... The opera? The, the yes. sister? Oui, 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 oui. L'opera, oui, oui. Mm. Yes. La sœur um, Catherine, oui. He points uh, to the table. Like there's a, an op- not an operating table, but a table for uh, patients. Yes, he is badly sister. wounded. Set him here, set him here. But we would see justice done. Mm. If you can save him, please do so. Uh, he should not die on the table here. He should die at the hands of, of justice. The uh, doctor goes to work. Simon, you're making a phone call. Who are you calling, and do you speak French? I do speak French. I will attempt to speak French, but I am going to call my contact here, courtesy of the major. Mm, Okay. You uh, ring the number. It rings two or three times, and uh, someone picks up. You hear a gentleman's voice. Oui? Hello, monsieur. My name is uh, Simon Griffiths. Ah, Griffith, yeah. You may call me Lakeby. Lakeby. Then uh, the Major told you. Hmm, we. Are you in Paris? We are, and um, we have a criminal. I was wondering if you would like to come collect. He is being 
currently operated on. <laughs> the best kind. Yes, uh, we were speaking to him. He drew a gun, and mm. I had to hurt him to disarm him. No, uh, it was self-defense. No, no. Say, say, say no more. Say, say nothing more on this tone. Uh, give me your address. I will give you the address, and this is in regards to the Cavalry issue. Hmm, I see. I should be there within 20 minutes. Merci, sir. He hangs the phone up. How did you get on, Simon? My contact here in Paris will come and uh, take care of it and see he's being dealt with. I'm sure they'll also be interested in finding out. Oh, you said that you, there was malware there? There was, uh, aye, there was a lot of these fascist leaflets that they, they hand out. Uh, propaganda, like, uh, he had a rifle there as well and uh, a fair stash of money. They'll be very interested in all this, I'm sure. They may ask uh, to, for us to confirm it, or we may even have to show them back where it was, but Aye. I have a feeling once he's in their hands, as you wished, justice will be done. Well, let's hope so, eh? There certainly is. There's enough incriminating evidence in in his apartment, and I dare say the, I dare say the fascists will wash their hands of him once they, once they get wind of what's happened. Let him face his fate alone. Oh, I'd like to see the fascists uh, hang as well. Aye, well, that's another battle for another day. The doctor goes to pretty quick work and bandages his wounds properly. Uh, luckily for you, he rolls medicine, not first aid. <laughs> uh, and he seems to get his uh, newfound patient to uh, ease into a, a calmer state. And it's at that point that you see him go into a closet and take out some rope. And he very quickly and deftly ties the man to the table. Good thinking, Doctor. I have done everything I can do for him. So, uh, shall I call the gentleman? I already have, sir, but what do we owe you for this? And I do appreciate your time. He kind of shrugs. I'll, I'll take out um, my, my wallet and, and take out some some francs uh, and offer him what I believe to be a, 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 f- a fair um, sum of money plus a bit more. Um, I hope he this knows. will cover it. Thank you. I'd like to make a psychology roll as well, if I can. Yeah, go ahead. Um, because a little thought has just, a little paranoid thought has just crept into my head that if this guy's a fascist as well, then we walk out here and he's not going to see justice. Yeah, roll psychology. Uh, oh, that's a 15 out of 40. Yeah, he seems to regard his uh, Mr. Laverge uh, as an enemy rather than a friendly. Like, it, those ropes are being tied pretty tight. Aye, but my my concern was that he's tying him so that once soon as we're out the door, he can just kill him, um, and uh, he's not an embarrassment to the fascist party. Yeah, you don't get he that feeling from him. Right, okay, he that's fine. Like he's a... just yeah, he's preventing him from escaping or or harming himself to evade justice, that kind of thing. It's probably the latter rather than the former. Mm-hmm. He takes the money and then thanks you and asks if uh, if you. 
know if he has family or I uh, I don't know but there is somebody that I, uh, I need to speak to I have some news for her very well will your um, associates be here shortly then uh, sir there should be about 15-20 minutes is what it said very well well we'll wait for their arrival so if the two of you wait around a little bit, about 15 or so minutes later, you see a rather smartly dressed uh, man knock on the door. After being allowed to enter, you see a man in a black suit, white shirt, reasonably um, conservative tie, some uh, black circular spectacles, and uh, slicked back hair. Very uh, nouveau riche for the times. Uh, he nods to you, Simon and Mr. Fraser. Uh, my name is Legby. I'll take it from here. Do you want to hear the rest, sir, before... Uh... I do not. It might be well to send somebody to the man's apartment. We have the address here. Exactly. He procures the address from you. You will find um, certain, certain items there that uh, will be pertinent to the case. I think it would be best if the two of you moved along. Aye. Um, it, you may w- wish to look in on uh, the apartment below uh, his as well. Um, a shot was fired. Uh, it went into the floorboards. I don't know how much further it got. Understood. He almost has a feeling like... Uh, Mr. Fraser, you get almost like a mortician's feeling from this guy. Very professional then and calm and collected, yeah. Uh, he, he's professional, but almost cold, He's, he seems almost um, surgical, mm. for lack of a better term. I've, I've met people like that before in, in the war. They get the job done. Indeed, indeed they do. So where are the two of you headed from here? Well, should we clean ourselves up and uh, go and visit Miss Cavallero? And, and have a cup of coffee and a croissant. I, I think we need to take a few minutes to calm down. I think you're right. Uh, what about the, what about the firearm? Uh, I'm sure that it will be uh, missing from my. No, I will make sure it misses from my pocket somewhere, like the Sen. All right, so I'll move camera really quick then, and uh, head back to uh, our other investigators who were evidently uh, walking to an asylum. Yes. Yes, that's the plan. Yes, I'm just whistling on as it. one does, as nothing else stranger is going on. It's not like anyone's being murdered. No, in fact, no one is being murdered. Yeah, promise. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's so. Charrington is an institution founded in 1631. The building is an enormous structure, roofs arcades, very Italian as far as the styling goes. It appears anyway as this, well, quite frankly, a monolith to a rather specific style of medical recovery. And you're not even certain whether or not recovery is its goal. It has developed, it seems, uh, a bit of a reputation. So you are traveling to definitely the western side of Paris. You're traveling beyond some of the gardens. Uh, You travel to an area of Paris where uh, there seems to be, uh, as far as from what you can tell, quite a bit of different medical buildings. 
So there are hospitals along the way, but this is pushed back pretty far from those, probably two or three blocks. Uh, and even though it's a densely populated street, uh, there definitely does seem to be a specific purpose to this. Uh, and that would be to house people. Uh, the walls here are fairly tall and uh, there is security. And this is probably the first time while in Paris you've had to deal with the thought of security. Well, I think Richard knows how to handle security. <laughs> he just <laughs> pulls some money out of his wallet. That's a great idea. Bribe, bribe the orderlies at the uh, asylum. That's a great idea. <laughs> I, I fully support this. <laughs> you arrive there at uh, Charrington. You see a orderly with a crisp gray uniform on, carries a truncheon very openly, sits near the uh, the gate, smoking with a couple of his fellow orderlies. And I use orderly in the very loosest of terms. Hmm. They look like an interesting bunch. None too friendly, if you ask me. We may have to speak to them to get in, though. Oh, yes. Another opportunity for you to practice your French. Of course. Uh, yes. I will... Yes, I will ask them about uh, possible old patient records. Um, so I will approach. I, I look at, at Maggie's... Like, uh, do you actually speak French? A little bit. Um, I had a, a French tutor um, when I was younger. Well, French-Canadian. <laughs> but I do speak a, a little bit of the language here and there. I, I speak fairly decent French. Oh, um, well then, um, maybe it would be best. I've, I've been really meaning to brush up on mine. Maybe it would be uh, best if you conversed with them. Quite. I'll go up to whoever looks to be the most uh, most in charge. There are quite a few people that look like they're in charge, but uh, you can imagine any one of the uh, orderlies could probably, or orderlies in air quotes, could probably help you. <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll go up to, to one of them then and say in French, uh... Bonjour. Uh, I am the Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy. I am on a research trip here in Paris, and uh, I have reason to believe that you have some records on a person I'm researching. Milady, uh, you must understand uh, not just anyone can come in and research records, but uh, perhaps if um, he looks you up and down, perhaps if... Um, I speak with one of the doctors. Hmm? Of course. Wait right here. Thank you. You are too kind. He gives you a uh, bit of a sneer and turns around and heads quite a long way down the boulevard there, back towards the main building. I'm just standing there all, you know, five foot three of me uh, with my most imperious air. Flex your credit rating and social muscles. Um, so... It's probably a good 10 minutes that you that the three of you wait. Um, you can see from inside the gates there, there are some, uh, some patients having, we would say, a recess here in the United States. They're, they're having yard time of sorts. And uh, they do appear to be in a strange sort. Uh, the, the maladies are plenty, and they're all on display. 
and it doesn't look like, outside of keeping them in these penned yards, it doesn't look like the orderlies do much else. They kind of give them a bit of free roam. And so it almost reminds you a bit of just someone dumping a handful of birds into a box. So just kind of people just kind of go everywhere. About 10 minutes later, a, a gentleman in a hospital coat comes out. He's probably in his mid-40s, salt and pepper hair, slim mustache, uh, but he seems relatively well put together. I am uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Henry Tokin. Can, uh, can I help you? Yes, uh, my name is Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy. I am doing some research here in Paris, and uh, I was informed at the library that you might have some records uh, of one of the people I'm researching. So I have come here in the hopes that you can be most accommodating. I would be happy to help you in any way that I can, but you will likely want to speak with uh, Dr. LaRue. LaRue is unfortunately very busy, um, but the I'm certain he will make time for you. Yes, please inform him that I would like to see him. So I would like you to roll credit rating. Yay! (laughs) Look, it's a credit rating roll. And that is a 34 under 70. That is a hard success. So the three of you, in short order, get walked up. You get led in through the gates and then walked up. And you almost get flanked by orderlies. It's a little disconcerting, Richard. Yes. You get let in through the larger building there, the administrative building at the end of the row, and shortly brought before uh, and into an administrative office where you meet an older gentleman, bald, almost completely, except at the edges around the ears. Again, these very stylish and common uh, circular black glasses that you're seeing. Um, He has a very high collared shirt on. And a dark suit. He seems almost um, conservative in that regard. Yes, thank you. He stands up and shoes the other doctor out. My uh, time, unfortunately, is limited, Lady Elizabeth, but uh, I'm happy to speak with you. Please sit. Um, I smile sort of ingratiatingly. We won't take up too much of your valuable time, I don't think. But uh, I am very grateful that you agreed to see me today. I'm saying all of this in French, by the way, so the professor probably has no idea what we're talking about. (laughs) Maggie's probably picking up like half of it. (laughs) If that. I would say Maggie's picking up 25% of it, to to put a specific number on it. But I am doing some research while I am here, and the assistants at the library uh, kindly pointed me in this direction to... uh, Take a look at some, some perhaps some records on one of the people I am interested in. Hmm. Very well. Um, there are many records here. Is there anyone specific that you're looking for? Uh, yes, I'm looking for, uh, in particular, a Comte Fenelic. Hmm. Uh, we have records that go back hundreds of years. So perhaps it would be best if I uh, showed you to to the records room where one of our uh, assistants could supervise your review of them. Now, you must understand, none of the records can leave that room, yes? Of course, I wouldn't dream of it. And you can take no paper or ink quills in yourself. No copies can be made. It is all private information. Very well. Very well. Let me show you the way. He stands up and leads the three of you out. As you, the three of you exit 
the room back into uh, where his secretary is and then eventually down the long hallway, I'd like you each to roll spot hidden. Maybe one of us can actually pass. I wouldn't have thought so. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That is a 26 for me. So, yes, that is a pass. That is actually, that's exactly a hard success for me. I rolled a 95. So I rolled a 30 over 25. Okay, so you could either push or spend luck. I'm going to spend the luck. I need a win today, and if I have to spend luck to do it, I will. I need a win. Help. (laughs) I just, I need to pass something today. (laughs) (laughs) So, Lady Elizabeth and Maggie, you see a small crate of what look like files outside the secretary's desk. Uh, It's relatively close to her desk, uh, but not so much so that in the way. And you notice on the front of it, it says E de place. uh, And then there's a, some sort of word after that. And it says 1923. And what trips your mind about it is the note that Remy gave you that um, this, it seems to, there seems to be something in accordance. Perhaps they're one of the old doctor's files that, that the guy who'd passed away, maybe? Interesting. And you get led down the hallway. And eventually, after a few moments, you are led into a records room, which is far, far larger than you thought it was going to be. While not gymnasium size by any means, it's probably a good, probably the size of three or four living rooms. It's a big square records room. And there are file cabinets along every wall and then staggered like library book rows in the middle with uh, a couple of oil lamps in between uh, and then a main overhead light. I have an assistant here for you. Uh, This is Paul. He introduces a younger gentleman. You see he's pudgy, almost kind of sweaty a bit there in his stuffed (laughs) shirt. He's about 30 years old or so. You see he nods uh, almost to... A little concerned that anybody else has walked into the records room. Uh, hi, he says in a clear English accent. Oh, uh, hello. I turn a very charming smile on him. You are uh, English, Paul? Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm doing a. Um, I'm doing some work before I go back to the states. Ah, wonderful. Uh, I am Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy, and I'm here doing some research, and the doctor has informed me that uh, you are just the chap to help me find what I'm looking for. I I hope so. I'm looking for records on a patient, uh, the Comte Fenelique. It would be 1789, uh, Mm. and onwards from there, I believe about June. Well, I'll see what I can get to it. It it might um do any do any of you speak French? Yes, I do. As do I. Wonderful. Then um if you wouldn't mind, uh, I mean there's quite a few records here. Oh, he gestures to it. Sure, we can help you look through them if you kind of point us in the right direction. He does. He points you in the direction all the way at the back of the room and kind of walks almost as if there's been some terrible judgment placed over his life towards <laughs> back. And that is where I'm going to call this evening's session to a close. Uh, thank you all for joining us uh, for another episode. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. I know the cast and I are always super happy 
to hear your feedback on the episodes. And if you want to have a hand in what may or may not happen to them, you can join the Patreon and come join us on Discord and be part of the community. So have a wonderful evening, wherever you are. <laughs>